Hello, mighty people of the Most High and Magnificent God. This is Heather Miller, and I've come to bring you a word straight out of the Word of God to bless you today. And I have some wonderful news to report and some miracle stories and some exciting testimonies. And um, we're going to be talking today as a continuation. I'm going to be talking about waiting on your miracle that's why this is waiting on your miracle part two and i promised in the last podcast that i would tell the story of something that has impacted my life in a huge way and i'm going to try to start telling more of my actual personal stories and testimonies you know there's so much i want to share sometimes on these podcasts but i always try to condense them down to at least under 30 minutes it started at 20 it's gone to 30 and sometimes it goes to 40 (laughs) so just bear with me Um, I just want to say thank you for all of you that tune into this regularly you are a blessing to me and I hope and pray that I am a blessing to you also I want to start out with a prayer over you and I ask that God would touch you Lord God I ask that you that you would touch every person today that has been led to this podcast supernaturally to be connected to be to be lifted up to be uh, to be encouraged lord god i ask that you would uh, touch every person that the enemy would not be able to uh, whisper in their ear seeds of doubt seeds of discouragement depression all of those are from hell and i rebuke those things in the name of jesus uh lord god I ask that you would touch their mind their body, their soul, every one of these precious ones that you love so deeply and dearly. And Lord, I ask that you would guard my mouth as I speak today. I ask that you would open my mouth according to your will and shut my mouth according to your will that I do not share uh, too much that you don't want me to share or I don't share too little. I want to share exactly what you want and say exactly what you want said to these beloved ones today. Thank you, Lord God. And uh, with that, I'd like to say that I'm very, very thankful. Uh, The Lord's been moving His Spirit. And um, I was led to start attending a revival over the weekend. Uh, This is my uh, my spiritual father. Um, I'd like to uh, give a good shout out to him today, Brother Mike Simons and his sweet wife, sister, Hazel Simons. And I just felt impressed uh, on my heart and I needed to find uh, where they were having a revival um, because he's oftentimes out there doing different e- events and such and uh, found them in Conroe they couldn't outrun us we tracked them down and I brought some friends I brought my friend out there uh, my friend Renee and her two uh, children uh, and my daughter and we had a great time and the children were touched. Uh, my daughter was touched very much. And Brother Simons called everybody up for prayer. And before he hardly even finished asking, Rosie was, <laughs> she, she was out of her seat. She was making sure she got there first. She, I think she pushed some people down as she was running down the aisle. I'm just joking, but she was on her way. And the Lord touched her in a huge way last night. Uh, her little friend Marilyn, my daughter, uh, my friend's daughter, uh, she was 12 and she wanted some of that too. And she got up there and got prayed over and the Lord God touched her in a mighty way. And, and it was just beautiful tears, the whole shebang. 
Um, my friend Renee has had a foot injury for over a year. She is a single mom, uh, sole income of her household, and a barber. So she stands on her feet all day. So you could only imagine the struggle that she has had with that. And she went in faith, just believing. She didn't even ask Brother Simons to pray over that injury. Yet after she was uh, sat down beside me, she came back, sat down. She started crying. She said, I am, my foot doesn't hurt anymore. I am healed. I just got healed. And she kept saying that all the way home. She was so excited. Uh, she texted me this morning and she said, I'm getting it at the gym. <laughs> she hadn't been able to go for a while. And she's so ecstatic to have that healing. And I'm just, I'm over the moon with her. But God is moving. And I want to tell you, miracles are real. I've seen too many to turn back to any other way of thinking. I want to tell you, I've met a lot of people. Um, some of them are well-meaning. Some of them are well-meaning. Some of them are not. I'll be quite frank with you. And I, I don't feel that they're well-meaning. But I've met uh, quite a few people uh, that are well-meaning believers that still to this day do not believe that God does miracles. They have been fully convinced by the wicked one who planted seeds of evil doubt in the church body that miracles died with the apostles way back in the day and and as you know and i know and some of you may have not figured that out yet you're still trying to contemplate to you're tr trying to figure out what you believe i'm here to tell you today that miracles are real i've seen them happen in my own household um uh i have seen my my husband back when i was in my uh, late 20s he um, got diagnosed with kidney failure and he had all kinds of other health problems and he went temporarily blind. I say temporarily because the Lord healed him. They never told us that he would ever be healed. Okay, he went blind and he was blind for several weeks and we, we he was healed in my living room. Started jumping up and down screaming saying, I'm healed, I'm healed, I can see. Um, I've seen, uh, I have seen a woman right here in my living room got healed of it. Uh, she had atrophy in her shoulder. I've said this before. She couldn't lift her elbow above her shoulder. Uh, we didn't even pray for that. We we're praying for her back and other things she needed. And she put her hands up in the air above her head said, oh, I'm healed. I'm healed. And my arm, look at my arm. And I, I, I remember looking at her and I was just kind of puzzled. I said, what was wrong with your arm? <laughs> tried to ask her and that's when she told us for 10 years and her family witnessed it everybody that knew her knew she couldn't lift her elbow above her shoulder uh but she was healed um i could just go on and on i've seen seen, seen instant healings um i've seen sores disappear uh out of a person's mouth that i prayed for um, now that's a whole other level. Now it's one thing for somebody to say, hey, pray for me. I have this internal thing that's wrong with me that you can't see, but pray that I'm healed, right? And then they get healed and you believe them because of their body movements and the way they're moving around such and so forth. You can see they're healed. But when you actually see the injury, you see it, you see the sore, you see the bruise. I had a bruise one time on a lady that disappeared. Um, 
and you see it disappear right before your very eyes. And there's no going back, my friends, my loved ones. There's no going back to a place of doubt after that. You only believe God. It is important that you believe God can, that he wants to, and that he will. And don't look to the left or the right. Just keep your eyes on Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Feel God on that today. So, uh, anyways, I wanted to share that. Uh, this revival is, uh, I don't know how long they've been doing it over there, but I think that maybe, I don't know, a few weeks or a month, but it is in Conroe, Texas, and I would like to share that information with you should you want to come. It will be in the description of this podcast at the bottom, the address, the name of the church, and the time will be there for you should you ever want to come, and it's, uh, you may want to, I have people that listen from all over the United States. You may fly in from uh, Georgia. You may fly in over here from California. You may, you may drive down from Oklahoma. I don't know, but, but God can, can do anything. There's nothing that God can't do. So if you feel so led, I would love to see you and be able to meet you in person. Um, back to the miracle stories. I wanted to tell one more story that came to my mind while I was talking to uh, you about the lady that got healed of the atrophy in her shoulder. Um, there was a lady, uh, a friend of mine, I haven't heard from her in a long time because she kind of went off in the world to do her own thing, but um, she still runs in the circles and connections that I'm connected to, so I'll see her around eventually. But. Um, uh, she, I went to a women's ministry with her regularly once a month, and um, my friend who runs that ministry called me up to, um, to minister for a few minutes, and as I began to speak, uh, this friend of mine, uh, her name was Cindy, uh, she said, while you were speaking, I felt that <clears throat> the Lord wanted me to come up and have you pray over this bruise on my thigh. And it was all women in there, you know, so she went ahead and, and, and lifted her skirt. And what was interesting is she always wore pants. That's what was funny about this. She always wore pants. She always wore these little short capri pants that go right below the knee. So it was, she just happened to be wearing a skirt today. And she lifted it and right there about, I don't know, maybe about eight inches above her knee on her thigh, outer right thigh there was a bruise it was about the size of an orange and she said I've had this bruise for eight months and it will not go away I said you know the power of God was on me that day um, and I had just recently had come off of a 40-day fast which I would have never made through made it through that unless it had been God I come off that 40-day fast and I just don't even know how to explain what I was feeling that day and she wanted me to pray. And I said, okay. And as I began to minister to her, I began to tell her what the Lord was telling me about it. And all of that, I began to minister. And I, I, I told her, okay, let's pray. And I, I pointed at that bruise and I, I did what I did in the name of Jesus. And I call it getting all Pentecostal on it. And then I said, uh, I pointed back at it and I said, now lift that skirt up and let's see it. Now, friends, I just want to stop there for a minute. What kind of crazy lunatic does that? 
I'm going to tell you something. It wasn't me. It wasn't because I have this big old faith. I'm just a superwoman. I am not. I will tell you, trust me, I have my own doubts I struggle with. <laughs> and some of them are things that y'all be like, Heather, you ought to know God's going to do it. You know, and I would be, I sometimes I get caught up too. But when the Holy Spirit gets on a thing, when he gets on you, he wants to use you in a, in a position like that. It's just the power of God. So I pointed at her. And I said, now lift that skirt up and let's see it. And she lifted it up and we had all seen the bruise and it was gone. Like it had never been there. It was gone altogether. I'm gonna tell you something. My eyes have seen and my ears have heard and I cannot go back to anything other than, fat, than fast forward to faith. It is the only place that I can walk at this time in my life. You know, because one thing about knowledge, when you come into the knowledge and the power of how great God is, you can't unknow that. You can never, nobody can ever convince you that he's not powerful. Amen. So hallelujah. Anyways, I wanted to share also, um, I wanted to share and continue the story of my daughter Rosie and how that all came about in my life. And I'm very, very blessed. Um, and then I wanted to read out of Numbers 14. So I'm going to try to get through this as quickly as I can because I know you guys have other things to do. But uh, I pray that this blesses your life. My daughter, Rosie, I have two other children. And I have a bonus child, which is an adopted daughter. So I say, I always tell people, people ask me, how many kids you have? I say, I have four children. I have three natural and one supernatural. <laughs> And she knows who that is out there. She's going to be listening to her mama's podcast as soon as I send it to her. A shout out to my sweet daughter, Brooke. Um, but I have two older sons, 24, 21. And then my daughter, Brooke, is 22. And then I have my little girl, Rosie. And um, the young woman, my husband and I, uh, we went through some hard times. And he got diagnosed with kidney disease, and, and uh, we had to go through a transplant process, and it was a lot. It tried our faith. And um, uh, after uh, he got his transplant, um, I, I started, I had been telling him right before he got his transplant, uh, we're going to have a little girl. We're going to have a little girl. And I just say it. It's just randomly. And sometimes my little girl in the future at that point would come into my mind and I would tell him, see, you know, we are, we're going to have another one. And he would get really nervous. He'd be like, oh, I don't know about having a little girl, huh? A little girl, that's scary. <laughs> For a daddy that has two boys, he was like, oh, a little girl. And of course, he just, I mean, she had him wrapped around her little finger from the day she was born. But when I was 17, I was walking through little bitty Walmart in Lampasas, Texas, little little cow town, Lampasas, Texas, and we just had one of those little bitty Walmarts out there, you know, Walmart Supercenter wasn't around. Back then it was, um, there was, uh, the first Supercenter, I think, was in uh, Arlington, and it, that was the big one, but uh, we had those little bitty Walmarts, and I remember I was walking through Walmart, and I was 17, and for some weird and random reason I'm looking at this little dress that was on the sale rack and it was for three dollars it was for like a little baby little bitty baby and 
I thought that was so cute and um, I just had to have it and I bought it and I always said well one day my little girl's gonna wear this dress and I, I kept that dress for many years and um, I kept it all through college I kept it when I was married and when I would clean out the closets in the spare bedroom, I clean the closets out probably once a year, and I'd see it in there, and I'd always look at it, and I'd think, should I keep this, you know? And I would think, well, I've kept it all these years. I might as well just keep on keeping it. I mean, just put it back in there. And I, so I ended up keeping it and keeping it until I was in my, uh, I was, think I was 30, and I conceived and I had my daughter after my husband got a transplant. We got pregnant. And here is my daughter coming along the way. Okay, so I uh, got interrupted there by a phone call. I'm going to continue on because sometimes I have uh, technical difficulties. And um, that's just something that goes along with this stuff. But um, anyway, so my daughter, um, uh, I had to wait a long time. You know, like I, I didn't know sometime if I ever would. It was just a nice thought. Um, but don't you know something is that when, when God puts, many times God will put a dream or, or a desire or an idea in your heart and you just think it's you, but it's actually Him. He's, he's allowing you to have those hopes and dreams um, and visions of the future because that's what he wants to do in your life. Amen. The word of God says without a vision, my people perish. It's and what it means is without a hope of the future and what 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 we have to have some kind of a pinhole of light sometimes as we're walking through the dark places of our life so that we we have that hope that keeps us our hearts alive. You know, something to look forward to and we went through some really dark times. And I want to tell you, whenever I uh, held that baby girl in my arms, let me back up a minute. From the minute I got pregnant with her, I told everybody, it's a girl. And some people doubted me. I could see the doubt in their eyes. And we're going to talk about doubt next. I could see the doubt in their eyes. Um, even though these very same people had seen me walk around my church for a year and even converse with me. And they would say, when are you going to have that little girl, Heather? When are you going to have that little girl, Sister Heather? And when I became pregnant, I said, it's a girl. I know it's a girl. I could see some people were like, hmm, okay. <laughs> okay, well, you don't know. I even had people tell me that, well, you don't know what it is. That's up to God. <laughs> I just get so tired of people in their doubt. It drags me down. And me and God have discussions about it. And I told him, I said, no, it, it's a girl. And I, I even went out and I bought girl stuff. I'm not talking about little stuff. I'm talking about big ticket items. I bought a stroller that had roses all over it. I bought little girl dresses and little girl shoes. And, and uh, I didn't really care what people said. Do you know what I'm saying? I knew in my spirit it was a girl. It was just as easy as the sky's blue. It, it was no doubt for me. And so when I went into the uh, sonogram, I was there the first day I could. we could tell the gender. And I knew what it was. And uh, got the sonogram. They said, oh, yeah, it's a little girl. And I was like, oh, that's nice. <laughs> and you know, to this day, 
when I held that little girl in my arms, the first thing I said to her is I said, I said, you and I are going to be best friends. Those were the very first words that she heard come off of the vibration of my vocal cords. And um, to this day, she is my very best friend. Now, I have many of you out there that I have very close, dear, valued friendships with. But there's something about a mother and a daughter. And you know God did something even more spectacular. Is Not only did he give me a, a, a natural daughter, she's my best friend. But I have a supernatural daughter, and she's my best friend. God, he, when he says he's going to do a double portion, he gives a double portion. <laughs> oh, my! I mean, my, my quiver is full. So God is going to do whatever he says that he will do. So for you out there, you, you couples that have been waiting, you couples that have been told, oh, it's not, you know, not likely to happen. I want to tell you, they told us the same thing. They told us that after a transplant, couples usually don't have children. And uh, but we didn't even listen. We were like, okay, whatever. <laughs> you just got to do that. Sometimes you got to shrug off what the secular world is telling you, what the flesh is telling you. That's their job to do that, okay? Doctors and such, that's their job. They're just there to report the facts. But your job is to believe that God can do any and all things against all odds, right? It's called a supernatural miracle because God comes in and puts his super on the natural and makes something occur that would never have normally occurred had God not gotten involved. Hallelujah. I got to see that yesterday out there in Conroe. My heart is blessed today. And if you think an hour and 10 minutes drive is going to keep me from that, you got to be crazy. I'm going to be driving out there all the time. A shout out to Brother Simons and Sister Hazel. If you choose to listen to this podcast, just giving you a warning. We're going to be there. Um, but anyways, um, wanted to talk about the damage that doubt can do to uh, what God is wanting to do in your life. Now, the will of God, hallelujah, and the promises of God, those are two different things. And many times they look very similar, okay, but they're not quite the same. Okay, when God has given you a promise, it is his word. He has put himself out there to say, I will perform it. I will do it. Okay, and it is going to take place regardless. When God gives you his will, that's a different thing. That you are required to perform and walk in faith in order to walk out to get to the full will of God in obedience. The problem is that many people are not willing to walk out and to do the things that God has told them to do. And the number one reason that they don't do what God tells them to do is that they doubt that it even was God that told them to do it. Are you following me? Hallelujah. I'm guilty of it. I've done it too. Um, We've all missed God at different times, right? There's been times where God has been showing me and telling me but I thought is that really God or is that just in my head or is that just me and I'm going to tell you something brothers and sisters it doesn't take but a couple of times for you to miss out and miss God on a thing 
uh, it shouldn't take too many times for you to learn okay because we learn best when we learn the hard way okay <laughs> and he will show us what we missed out on yes he will do that to teach us a lesson and say okay are you going to listen to me the next time and you say yes sir i am and you do what he says and sometimes i'll go check it out is what i i call it sniffing it out like a dog on a trail you've heard me say that before if you listen to this podcast sometimes if you you think it might be god leading you you just need to go and make sure Okay, and then if you get there and it's like, well, this isn't what I thought it was. Okay, don't you know God is going to honor that faith in you that you were willing to go check it out? That thing, that job lead, that that connection with that person. Uh, that might be your future spouse, your future beloved. Now go check some things out. Don't be afraid. Okay, go check it out. But don't let doubt stop you. Don't let doubt stop you. Hallelujah. I rebuke the spirit of doubt from you in Jesus name. I rebuke and I come against you foul spirit of doubt in the minds of every listener to this podcast today. Lord God, I ask that you would fill them with faith. I ask that you would touch them, Lord, that you would remove all doubt and unbelief from them so that they can fully receive and walk in the fullness of everything you have for them that they will complete their course and finish their race in Jesus name hallelujah so what happened back here in numbers numbers 14 uh, we know that's the 12 spies that went in they went in to scout out the land Uh, they had previously been in to scout out the land um, and Joshua and Caleb they never lost faith when they saw the giants but let me tell you I'm gonna read a few verses here Um, And then I'm going to tell you, you know, it's in 13 and 14, this whole story. It's a really good thing to read. I reference it all the time. Oh, my goodness. Uh, With my children, one thing about my kids is they know this promised land story. It because it's so parallel with some of the things I've gone through in my life. And the Lord has highlighted it for me. Um, So they've gone in the promised land. I'm going to start at the end of 13 verse 33 they've gone in they've looked they've been terrified they've peed their pants they're running scared like a bunch of chickens and here it is verse 33 and there we saw the giants the sons of anak okay look that up right there the anaki okay that's an interesting study for those of you who like to study the giants that used to be in the land Um, The sons of Anak, which come of the giants, and we were in our own sight as grasshoppers. And so we were in their sight, you know. And then it says, and all the congregation lifted up their voice and cried, and the people wept that night. And the children of Israel murmured against Moses and against Aaron. And the whole congregation said unto them, would God... Would God that we had died in the land of Egypt or would God we had died in this wilderness? And wherefore hath the Lord brought us unto this land to fall by the sword that our wives and our children should be a prey? Were it not better for us to return into Egypt? Now this is a people, I'm going to talk to you about this for a second. Have you ever met a knucklehead, stubborn person? Oh, man, I have many. I have 
all over my lifetime you just run into people and sometimes at one point or another we were also that way so don't get too cocky and high on your high horse you know God can point out a few times in your life and my life where we were uh, knuckleheads too and um, where uh, they they just got fearful see that's what happened fear and doubt they go hand in hand their best friend so they got fearful and then when they got fearful uh, they doubted and they got so terrified and then they started to accuse and to blame God even though he had already opened up the Red Sea and uh, drowned the armies of Egypt you know just covered them over he did that he got water out of rock they were eating daily uh, a heavenly diet that would fall down every day uh, manna okay they were seeing the miracles of God right and they still said these things but you know, uh, we can also be guilty of that because we do get terrified. We get angry and we want to accuse God. Look at what you brought me. I did what you told me. And now look here. And it's still, it, this is about to go down. I'm going to tell you something. There's power in your mouth. Be careful what you speak over your situation. Don't just spout out at the mouth because the enemy uses that to, when you do that, you come into agreement with Satan himself. And then he has then a legal right to make that thing happen. And you strain the patience of God. God is displeased with us when we do this. And so they said all this. And then later, um, later, he actually told him, if you remember the story, later he said, let it be as it is according to your own words, basically. That they had said, you brought us out here to die. You brought us out here to die. You did all this. Well, then he said, let it be according to your own words. And they died in the wilderness they didn't get to enter in except joshua and caleb they got to enter in i'm going to read that part here uh if you skip over to 14 and um i'm going to read here starting in verse 20 um i'm going to start in verse 19 I don't want to read you to death on this podcast, but I do believe in reading. It's very important. I'm going to go on up to 18, okay? The Lord is long-suffering and of great mercy, forgiving iniquity and transgression, and by no means clearing the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children unto the third and fourth generation. Pardon, I beseech thee, the iniquity of this people, according to the greatness of thy mercy and as thou hast forgiven this people from Egypt even until now and the Lord said I have pardoned according to thy word but as I as truly as I live all the earth shall be filled with the glory of the Lord because all those men which have seen my glory and my miracles which I did in Egypt and in the wilderness and have tempted me now these ten times and have not hearkened to my voice surely they will not see the land which i swear unto their fathers neither shall any of them that provoked me see it oh that had to be the most awful awful thing but i kind of stuttered there for a minute (laughs) okay but okay could you imagine i just want to stop for a minute could you imagine what joshua and caleb felt like (laughs) until he got to that point okay and he got to this point here where he said but my servant my servant Caleb 
because he had another spirit with him and has followed me fully. Him I will bring into the land whereunto he went, and his seed shall possess it. And now the Amalekites, the Canaanites, dwelt in the valley. Tomorrow turn you and get you into the wilderness by the way of the Red Sea. And then it goes on and it reads and reads. And uh, if you go down to 30, it says, Doubtless you shall not come into the land concerning which I swear to make you dwell therein, save uh, Caleb and Joshua. Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, and Jephunneh, Jephunneh, and Joshua, the son of Nun. Thank God you don't have to be great at pronouncing some of these Bible names to be sanctified. So, they didn't, they, the others didn't get to enter in. And you know, don't, don't discount this story. This happens all the time in people's daily lives. So many times God is trying, uh, he's trying to, to bring you into a promise, to bring you into his fullness, into his will. And so many times we as humans will, we will, we will fight and strive with him. And all he's trying to do is get you healed. He's trying to bless your life or he's trying to um, rearrange your life so that you can fully live out everything that that uh, he wants you to walk in. Okay? Hallelujah. This story should always be referenced. Um, it's almost like this story to me is basically your whole journey through earth. Is being set free from the bondage you were born into. When you were born into this earth, you were born into a form of Egypt. You were a slave to sin. You were a slave. Uh, you were um, abused and your mind was controlled. You know, slavery is a mental thing too. When people are in physical slavery, there's a mental battle there. I mean, there's just so much. And then he, he takes you out of that. He takes you on a spiritual journey of your soul through the wilderness where you are required to have faith. You are required to grow. Your faith is being stretched nonstop. And then you enter into another thing called the promise in the, the promised land of God where you are walking out in strength and faith, the fullness, and you've broken free. Okay? It's the journey through life. The promised land story is the journey through this earth realm. really is. I hope that you've been blessed today. Um, I don't know how many minutes we are at right now because it got cut off somewhere in the middle. But I just want you all to know that God is a God of great miracles. And there's nothing He can't do. Don't doubt. Always follow it out like a dog on a trail. Sniff it out. God is wanting to speak to you and lead you. And He has you. Those of you who are asking for healing... God wants to touch you. Those of you who are needing other miracles, there's nothing he can't do. And um, with that, I'd like to close. And I'm going to say a short little prayer over you. And I pray that you are healed, set free, and delivered of every bondage. Lord God, I come to you in the mighty name of Jesus, and I thank you, Father, for every single person that you have led to this podcast, Lord God. But Lord, most of all, Lord, I thank you that you are you and that you keep your hand continually upon your people. 
Lord God, I ask that you would have your grace and mercy on every single one of us, Lord, that you would bless us with a greater measure of faith so that we can please you, Lord God. And Lord God, I ask that you would touch those that need to be healed. In Jesus' name, Lord, I ask that you would touch every person that struggles with depression and hopelessness, where they have come to the end of their journey and they're just so tired. they just gotten to a point where they just don't see any more hope. Lord God, I ask that you would touch them in a great way, give them a new strength and a new fresh wind would enter into them. In Jesus' name, I thank you, Lord. I pray that you are blessed. And no matter what kind of lunacy is going on out there on planet Earth, in this Earth realm, uh, they're trying to make lab experiments out of us. They're trying to do all kinds of crazy stuff. They want to usurp the, their authority above the authority of God. But let me tell you something. You're always many steps ahead of them because you are covered by the wings, of, of, up under the wings of God. Hallelujah. And I uh, pray that you are blessed. Have yourself a lovely day.